The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a comedy writer, that's me, James Breakwell, and a psychologist... That's me. I'm chomping at the bit this time. Steve Olivas. Try to solve your long-running relationship issues in 10 minutes or less. How are you doing today, Steve? (laughs) Well, between uh, us having to restart this episode and me having to listen to you expectorate all over the wall of your office, (laughs) I'm like, wow, this cannot get anywhere but better from where we started. You know what? We went through and wrong and wronger and talked about how you had these healing powers for me, how I got less sick when it was time to record, but apparently your healing powers have a shelf life and it came back with a vengeance. But actually, appropriately, do you know what else is coming back with a vengeance? 10 minutes to save your marriage? Yes, and the question you screwed up the last time. We're doing it again. So we recorded a 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage episode, and Steve dropped his phone in the middle of it. Had to start the file over again. I was going to have to splice them together. It was I was running behind anyway. So I didn't edit it together that week. I I edited it together a week late. I figured, what does it matter? He always forgets for two weeks to post it anyway after it's done. But when I went to download his part of the file to splice them together... He had deleted it from the cloud service. Said, all right, no big deal. Hey, send it to the cloud again. Well, he couldn't. He deleted it from his phone, too. He had gone through and systematically destroyed the file every place it existed. So it will never be heard again. Like a team of FBI forensic uh, computer guys who go through and try to find this half of the episode. And they can't do it. It's just gone. So we're going to do it again. And I also deleted the question itself. So I'm going to try to go for memory here. Oh, <laughs> I, my God. Yes. You know what? We're doing the best we can, Steve. We're doing service to our one listener. And here it is. How do I'm I, curious how this goes. Okay. It's going to be super brief and to the point. I think the original question was brief to begin with, but I'm going to make it briefer. How right. do I know if I'm in love? Take it away, Steve. Oh, this is when I explain Carol Gilligan's triarp, tri, tri, triarp? tripartite. <laughs> try, try something, not triumvirate. The, uh, the tripartite theory of love where you have to have emotion, cognition, and... Uh, Uh, passion. So, uh, boy, the question was a lot more involved than that, James, because there was a little (laughs) bit of background that I was hooking into. (laughs) Well, okay, the background is this person is with somebody, and they want to know if they're in love. (laughs) Take it away. (laughs) You know what? You, you, your words weave a tapestry in my mind as I, god dang all right, so it is a person, and they're with somebody. I'm, I'm glad we've established all that. Yes. So the answer is to get, according to Carol Gilligan, which is my probably favorite theory of, of true love, that uh, there are three legs to the, the, the love triangle. You can have one leg or two legs. Those are not real love, true love. Or you can have all three. And uh, passion is what drives you sexually toward each other. It's that energy that you have that uh, makes you want to chase each other around the table when you first get together. Then there's uh, the cognitive part, which is the commitment part, which says, I can see my future with you in it, or uh, I can see us building a life together, having children or a family or dogs or a fence or whatever you want. And then there's the emotional component, 
which is that part that says, I feel differently about you than anyone else in my life. And I, I want you to be the first phone call that I make when something good or bad happens. You, you are the person to whom I will make that phone call. So the uh, you can have just passion. That's like a one-night stand. That's not that true love, according to Carol Gilligan. You can have uh, commitment and emotion without the passion. And that's like your best friend. That uh, you, you're you always going to be loyal to your best friend. You tell each other things you don't tell anybody else, but you're not really all that sexually into your best friend. So having all three of those was my answer, and it was a good answer. And I probably connected it more to the listener's actual question because they had some <laughs> details in there that might have been relevant to me. But that is my answer to you when you ask generically, hey, Steve, how do I know if I'm in love? A little bit weird and awkward that you asked me that, James, but there is your answer. Okay, I'm pretty sure I nailed 80% of the circumstances of this question. Like, it was super <laughs> brief in the first place, and you forgot that this question even existed. That, uh, that much is true. Yes. yes, we got that. So what I'm going to do is let you groan in disappointment for a second time, and I'm going to take us <laughs> off of Gilligan's Island, and I'm going to put oh us back squarely God. in reality. You get, a, you get a groan at the joke and the and the whole nature of my response. I am just gifting this to you. But I am going to say that love doesn't really exist, and when you put that much pressure on you, you're not necessarily going to make a good choice. I think that love, as we define it, is mostly, or as we actually experience it, is just chemicals in your brain. And there's one chemical that goes off in your brain if it's a short-term hookup, hook up that, uh, you know, that passion, that intensity. And there's another chemical that involves that long-term pair bonding. It's you know, serotonin and dopamine. I don't remember which is which, but one does one and one does the other. And uh, they, you get, you know, you get legitimately sad if the person is gone. You're legitimately happy if they're there. And, you know, as people transition, a lot of times I think one of the reasons marriages fall apart is they transition from that passionate stage to that long-term pair bonding stage. And some people just don't want that long-term pair bonding. They want that excitement. They want that thrill. And so they bail. They say, well, if I was really in love with you, I would have that first chemical in my head now. And if I don't feel that, that chemical then uh, I'm not really in love. And I think when you depend on that, you're setting yourself up for repeated disappointment. And I think you're setting yourself up for making bad long-term choices. I think you're setting yourself up for finding repeated partners who are exciting in the short term, but maybe not good for you in the long term. Because you know that person who's going to go out and give you the best night of your life is probably not the same person who you want to sit down with for dinner for the next 50 years. That's uh, I, think, I think there's a trade-off there, and I don't think it would necessarily always be uh, the same person. So this is a little bit more nuanced that this time than it was the second time because I like to consider my answers carefully rather than Steve who just sits here and says well last time my answer was brilliant and you just have to trust me but I, I do I think what? that I think that I think that we just place too much idea on this 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 concept of love and we kind of use it as a get out of jail free card for whatever we want to do well I just I just don't love them anymore so I gotta go or I'm in love so I have to do this and uh, I think we're just using inexact terminology for chemicals in our brain. And I think it's a bad basis for relationship decisions. I don't know that we're saying different things, James, because this, uh, this onion cuts deep Ooh. or has many layers. Are, right? we, I, are we ogres? We're, we're, we're back to idioms again. <laughs> no, I, but I, I think made a about... Shrek reference there, and that's about 40 years after your time. Oh, oh yeah, he had donkey. I yeah, there we go. That's all right. right. Keep going, bad joke. 
no, no, no. It was uh, it was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for salvaging that situation. <laughs> Uh, there's uh, so many answers that come into my head as you were talking that you, when you're saying the person, the one night stand person might not be the one that you want to be with long term or sit across from the table and share a meal with. Like, uh, that's absolutely true. And uh, people, the, the other part of what you were saying is falling out of love. And uh, my, my head goes to a couple of things that I tell a lot of clients and couples, which is let's not, that what, what can happen depending on where you come from, like what you learn about intimacy in your family is that uh, some people think that their partner is responsible for making them happy. So as life gets hard, you have young children, you have a mortgage, you have jobs, you have pressure. You're not as happy as you were when you were carefree and naked and 24 with each other. And so if you're, your thought process is, well, I am no longer happy. You are supposed to make me happy. Ergo, I'm not happy. It must be because uh, I'm not in love with you. Or you're not making me happy anymore, so we can't be together anymore. Then you will trick yourself into thinking you shouldn't be with this person when maybe you should. Or you made a bad choice in the first place because you pick people that are bad for you because you go for that passion. That one night stand kind of passion that you mistake for love and you assume is going to carry forward through your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. And there is a cruel joke waiting for you at the end of that one. And not a good joke, like what James just said, but a bad <laughs> joke that falls flat. <laughs> so I don't think that what we're saying is necessarily incongruous, James, that it is chemically based, but those chemicals get set up and changed by your thought patterns and your thought patterns affect your emotional response. And uh, depending on how you grow up and any trauma that you have, like that can change those patterns of serotonin and dopamine and fool you into making bad choices. You know, you just said something really great, and that kills me. But I'm going to have to quote you back to you. Oh, uh, but basically, wow. you are you are the person responsible for your own happiness. And I feel like if everybody just understood that, this podcast wouldn't exist. It would be the answer <laughs> to every single relationship dilemma we've ever addressed. You are responsible yeah. for your own happiness. Use that as your starting point and go from there. But if you want to disregard that advice and ask us a question anyway, send that question <laughs> in to James Breakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's exploding unicorn with an E. It doesn't have to be a marriage question. It can be a boyfriend, girlfriend, platonic friends, coworkers, adult pet, whatever you've got. Uh, this has been another week of 10 minutes to save your marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back.